Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 171 of the Ask the Coach Show, where ping skills help you improve your table tennis. Johnny Bright rushed for a record 171 yards in the Canadian Football League 44th Grade Cup game on November 24, 1956. It's Technique Tuesday, and we're going to look at footwork. In the questions, we're going to talk about the forehand topspin, staying low, nerves during league matches, and if it's possible to get a serve to bounce in different directions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey. And uh, yes, um, looking forward to another good show. We're sort of getting back into the rhythm of it. Second show in a row. Indeed. How are you going, are you going with yeah. the early mornings, Jeffrey? And, uh, and you know, new puppy dog, I'm sure that's keeping you awake at night. <laughs> yeah, uh, early mornings, struggling, feeling a bit tired at first, but I think I'll get used to it. Just need to yeah. make sure to get to bed early. And, yes, <laughs> new puppy dog, so that's pretty exciting. Um, Charlie, new addition to the family. Um, you might get to meet him one day. Um, <laughs> we'll uh, put him on the show. Anyway, <laughs> Alois, I think we should jump straight into Technique Tuesday because everybody loves Technique Tuesday. No, we so shouldn't, I'll... Jeff. No, no, we shouldn't. We need to oh, go okay. through on this day because that's really exciting. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, hit me with it. What happened on this day in some on... period of time? On this day, the cornerstone is laid for the White House in Washington, D.C., any idea of a year, Jeff? It's a long I time do, ago. I do not know. Is it 1880? Nah, about 100 years off, 1792. So 1792, uh, that's when it was yeah. first laid. See, America's yeah. so much older than Australia. Yeah, and uh, that building is uh, getting old now. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, there you go. On this day done. Um and Alois, yesterday's on this day, no one knew that a Macintosh was a uh, a raincoat. Come on, guys. what What is going on with general knowledge in this world? Macintosh, raincoat. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, um, the other day, um, there was a young guy that didn't know who Michael Jordan was. What is going on with general knowledge? Anyway... <laughs> Technique Tuesday, footwork basics. What do we need to know about footwork basics? Yeah, so I think um, I think when you when you start to talk about footwork, the first thing you need to think about is your basic stance, and that's that's so so important uh, when you when you start to play table tennis. And we always talk about um, how easy it is to spot a beginner by their stance compared to um, a player of, of higher level. So the better players are, here we go, uh, a little bit more down. Their, their legs are bent. Hard to see my legs, but the legs are bent. Um, and you know, if, you, if you can get in, into that position, um, then you're able to start to think about moving. If you're not in that position, then it's just too difficult to start to think about um, getting some rhythm and getting some some movement happening. So that's the first. The second thing is when you are making your movements, this is important, that you you can do a shuffle step. Um, so it's like a sideways movement, you know, so like shuffle, 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 shuffle. Um, but 
I think nowadays that's just a little bit too slow. So what you need to start to think about with that movement is rather than shuffling, here's your legs, we're going to jump, 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 jump. So it's almost like you've got um, a steel rod between your knees and you're just using your feet to jump and jump and jump sideways. So um, this is important because that um, helps you with the efficiency of movement and helps you to get to um, the ball in time. So that's the that's the next thing. The third thing I want you to think about with footwork and basic footwork is to make sure that you're doing your movement before you play the stroke. So it's jump, stop, and then play your stroke, and then jump, stop, and play your stroke. If you're trying to jump, play your stroke um, at the same time, you're going to be unbalanced for the next ball. So that's a really important part. And that comes down to a little bit of rhythm with uh, what you're doing. So it's jump, stop, hit. Jump, stop, hit. So if you get that um, in your head, um, that little rhythm in your head, you'll find that you'll start to be able to um, move a little bit more efficiently and be ready as well for the next ball. So yeah, there's, there's a few tips for you uh, with your footwork. Um, such an important part of the game, Jeff. Yeah, certainly is. So three basic things. Get down low with the, a wide stance. So get the basic stance right. Then um, jump um, and then move, stop, hit. So get in a position before you hit the ball. Great three tips there, Alice. Now with the jumping... When I watch the top players, it almost looks like they're gliding along. It doesn't look like there's a big, you know, up and down jump. So is it important with that jump to try and be smooth? Yeah. So this is this is the difficult part. So you are jumping. So it's almost like the duck, you know, the duck under the water. Everything's working hard. Up here, everything looks nice and smooth. So you're moving here and here, trying to keep your eyes at the same level but your legs are going boing, 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 boing. So it's um, it's a little bit like shock, shock absorbers in cars too, you know. So um, down here, you're absorbing all the shock and up here, um, the car's nice and stable. So, um, yeah, so a couple of things to think about there or lots of things to think about there with footwork, but such an important part of the game. If you can't get your footwork right, um, the rest of the game becomes difficult, but... Spend some time on your footwork, get that better, and you'll find that your whole game improves and, and all your strokes become easier as well. So, yeah, work really hard at it. Yeah, and um, I guess there's lots of ways, but is there any specific training methods you'd recommend? Um, yeah, so firstly, um, do a lot of repetitive drills. So get your partner, training partner to place the ball into some set positions. Uh, the first one I like to start with is the forehand, forehand footwork. So you're playing a forehand from in the forehand corner of the table. Then you jump across and play a forehand from the middle of the table. So corner and middle, corner and middle. And if you, if you do that, you can just practice um, easily your movement without thinking too much about um, your strokes. So, um, so practice that one as a really good um, first up uh, footwork drill. Yeah, I used to love that drill too, Alice. I felt like if I could do that drill well, then I was moving well and, and a lot of other things in the in my game seemed to fall into place. So, yeah, excellent yeah, absolutely on that drill. All right, so Technique Tuesday, get out there and work on your footwork. Such an important part 
of the game. All right. Now, yesterday's Ping Skillers question of the day was, what have you been doing with your table tennis in the last month? And we had um, a few success stories, Alloys. Yeah, it was really good to uh, to get that feedback, actually. That's not exactly what we were expecting, but uh, it's great. So John um, said he joined a local league, and that is so important with um, with your development. You know, like as you as you start to develop, it's firstly it's really important to join a club um, so that you're seeing a wider range of players, and secondly, if you can start to, start to play in a league, then you um, also start to get some experience in playing matches against a whole lot of different players. So well done, John. Um, and then Thomas has said, my office has recently started participating in an organising um, company versus company table tennis challenge in uh, San Francisco. Very, very casual, but quite fun. Again, um, a good way to just see a lot of other players and um, and and get more experience. Uh, Daniel said uh, he won his first tournament in Boston, Massachusetts. I've been playing table tennis for nine months and this is a huge boost to my confidence. Thanks for all the advice, coaches. No problems at all, Daniel. Um, Really good to hear those success stories. And Kit uh, recently realised that I'm better at defending rather than attacking aggressively. Um, Shame I have already have a penhole bat. Yeah, it's not too late though, Kit. Um, Just uh, you can always change. And Zhang said, uh, won my third title in Hyderabad been playing for five months yeah, that's not long and as an achievement to win in the men's category um i watch your videos and learn and um and johanna has said this last month i won for the first time in competition so that's uh it's all good success stories and uh great to hear what you guys have been doing in the last month well done yes indeed uh yeah, thanks for sharing those uh successes all right, so that moves us on to the Ping Skillers question of the day, which are, which is, what are your table tennis superstitions? So we need you to get involved, so jump on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash pingskills or onto our table tennis blog, which is at pingskills.com slash table tennis blog. And leave a comment, yeah, what are your table tennis superstitions? Now... Anyone can jump on the show live and ask a question using our Google Q&A app. And the easiest way to get to that is go to pingskills.com, scroll down the bottom and click on our Google Plus icon there. That'll take you to our page where you'll see the show and you can ask some questions. And Willie Smith has said, hey, can you see my question? And then he got a bit angry because we didn't answer it straight away. Now, they come up on the side, so it will take us a little while to um, see them, but we will get to them. So... um, a little tip, don't get angry and abuse us if you want your question answered. <laughs> All right. Now, Marson has asked a question. He says, is there a similarity between the technique for a slow spinny topspin and a topspin against backspin? Yes. Yeah, so, Marson, they're, basically they're the same thing. So, um, so a, a topspin against backspin is basically... Um, you're coming up on the ball. A slow spinny topspin is just a slower version of that um, where you're getting a finer contact and probably a more uh, vertical swing to get um, to, to get the ball a little bit slower. So um, they're both usually 
off the backspin ball. So someone pushes the ball to you, you start low and lift your bat up nice and high to get that lifting action. Um, the slower spinny one, more vertical, finer contact. So yeah, they, that's why they look uh, like very similar strokes. Yes, good explanation. And I guess, um, you know, the forehand, all the forehand shots can be thought of as extensions of each other, I guess, Alois? Yeah, they certainly can. So, I mean, your, your, your counter hit um, is here to here. Your, um, your block is just a shorter version of that. Your topspin against block is a little bit bigger. The topspin against backspin is a little bit bigger again. And, um, yeah, and then the slow spinny one is a little bit more vertical. So the stroke all looks the same, doesn't it? But it's just slight variations of each other. So um, that's why we really... Um, focus initially on making sure that you can get that forehand counter hit right because then um, you have the basic path for your bat and then you can work from there. Yeah, excellent. And I, I remember when I was learning, Alice, I did find the the topspin against backspin particularly difficult and it took me a, a long time to, to learn how to play that. It just, it's just such a different feeling, that ball spinning in and going down off your bat. But, you know, you keep persevering and keep working on it and um, you will get better. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's, yeah. And and, um, and as you say, it is it is quite a difficult stroke to start off with. But um, if, you, if you get the feel of it, um, then you'll find that it's a really um, effective and useful stroke for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Next question is from Tam. He says, how does Andreas Levenko stay really low for the whole game? I've never seen any player stay as low as him. Also, what physical training must he be doing to stay in that position all game and have such good footwork? Yeah, so um, Andreas is quite a young player, um, so he's probably only 15 or 16 or so. But he does stay really, really low. Um, and if you watch the better players, that's the leg position that you need to maintain. And, and we talked a little bit about that with our footwork right at the start for Technique Tuesday. So, uh, one, why is it important to stay low? As we said, to get that basic stance so that you can move. So by standing um, nice and low, you're starting to engage your, your leg muscles, your quads, so that you can start to, to spring. Um, how do you get better at it? So one is by doing a lot of footwork training, do drills and drills and drills and practice that movement and that will increase uh, your leg strength. But also you can do some um, strength and conditioning work as well. You know, squats are a really good exercise to improve that leg strength um, so that you have that basic strength so that you can utilize that muscle to um, to to generate some power. So um but if you if you are thinking along those lines, go down to a gym, get some get some real proper advice, um, and make sure you're doing things properly um, when you go to the gym. Because I mean, I, I see a lot of players say, "Oh, well, I'm going to go and um, and do some weight training," and they just pick up some weights and do whatever. Yeah, it's it's okay, but first you've got to be really careful with it. Um, secondly, you might be doing something completely different, doing the movement incorrectly, and it can lead to damage as well. So so do it properly. Get some proper advice first and um, increase that leg strength. Really important um, as, as we uh, have seen and said quite a lot um, on the site. 
Yep, excellent. Uh, great question, Tam, and good to see you watching other players and seeing what they're doing. It's, it's great to watch good players and learn from them. Eileen says, when I'm practising at our club events, I play good shots, but when I start playing in the league, I seem to go to pieces. Also, I'm not really good at reading the spins yet. Will I ever overcome this? I love playing. Please, can you help? Yeah, so Eileen, don't, I mean, don't stress about it. That's the first thing. Um, you and uh, 100% of other players go through those feelings of, you know, I can play really well in training and when it comes to the games, it's not quite the same. So what is that? So one is a little bit of tension and, you know, nervousness, um, which then leads to just um, slight uh, differences in your stroke. So when you're in training, everything's nice and relaxed and you, pl- you play your stroke uh, nicely. When you start to play in a game, it's it's really natural that you tighten up a little bit because you're, you're now starting to think and worry about the result. So what happens? This tightens, this tightens, this tightens, and then your stroke starts to look a little bit different. The ball does something different. So the more you play in matches, the... Um, more relaxed you start to become because it becomes normal. It becomes common for you. It's like um, doing anything for the first time. If you do something for the first time, you're always a little bit apprehensive and tense. Once you do it a lot of times, you relax a little bit and then your strokes will start to flow. Um, another thing to often think about though with the, with, in the game situation is that you don't know where the ball's coming. So in a practice situation, often we practice... Um, you know, uh, your partner placing the ball for you to different positions so that you know what's happening and where the ball's coming. But in a match situation, now that your opponent is trying to make it as difficult as possible for you. So take that back to your training situation and start to practice some more random drills. So random drills are drills where your partner is placing the ball to positions where you don't know. So you might do um, hitting the ball anywhere, for example. And that will start to help you to um, get used to the ball coming anywhere. And the most important thing then is tracking the ball. So once you start to watch the ball carefully, then you get... Um, your information a little bit better. You know, lots and lots of things there to think about. But Eileen, the most important thing is just keep playing competition, just keep enjoying what you're doing and just just learn every time. So every time you play, um, if you start to feel tight, you know, start to think about relaxing, um, start to think about um, your tactics, what you're doing, um, and you'll be right. And then you talk about, you know, not being able to return spins again, 100% of players when they start find that really difficult because it's quite um, different to uh, to all other sports, you know. Even players that play a lot of tennis, they come to table tennis and someone puts a bit of spin on the ball and the ball shoots off their bat and it's really hard to to understand and judge. Um, we've got some, some really good simple tips on our Receiving Secrets uh, course. Um, it's a premium course, but well worth the the investment to just get into uh, that section and just learn what the basics are for being able to return spin serves. Um, and as I said, you know, one of the really difficult parts of the game and the frustrating parts of the game, but once you learn that, um, then you take your game to a whole new level. So Eileen, lots and lots of advice there for you, but... Um, 
try to try to go through those things one at a time and uh, you will get better. Don't don't stress about it um, and don't worry and don't think, oh, no, I'm no good at this game. Just keep working at it. You'll get better. Great advice, Alois. And it's amazing how much if you're just a little bit nervous and you tighten up just a little bit and you don't track the ball quite as well, how big a difference it makes to your game. I remember, yeah, when I used to get nervous, my performance would drop enormously. So, it you know, it, it does take time. And as you said, Alois, if you just play more, that's one way. If you train more and get better, you can sort of overcome that as well. Um, yeah, but, you know, go back and listen to what Alois said a couple of times. Um, all those things you mentioned were great. And everybody goes through them. You will get better. Keep going, Eileen. Yeah, I did ramble a bit, didn't I, Eileen? Sorry, but yeah, lots of lots of things there to think about. No, no, no. Solid advice, Alice. I think it's well worth uh, listening to. All right. Het has a question. Het says, how can you serve in a particular way that the ball bounces in different directions each time it bounces? Is it possible? Well, Het, no, not possible. Um, so when you when you spin the ball... Okay, the ball has a definite um, spin and a definite path. So the ball is going to curve one way or the other way. Um, and, if, I mean, physics just says that that's what's going to happen. Sometimes what happens is um, a player will add a fake movement and your mind is seeing the ball or feeling like the ball is going to do one thing and it does the other thing. So it almost feels like it's, it's bouncing in different directions. Um, yeah, it really can't. So it can't. It just can't change um, spins during um, during a, a serve or during a stroke. So um, yeah, just um, watch what the, what they're doing. Watch the ball carefully, and uh, and you'll start to start to see that the ball is only going in one direction. So um, it's um, yeah, it it it's really um, difficult to see to start off with. But uh, once you uh, once you watch the ball carefully, you'll you'll start to see it a bit clear, clearer. And uh, on the on the Ask the Coach page, uh, Johan made a comment, um, and he said, "Well, what you could do is hit the edge of the table on your side with um, with a lot of spin, um, side and top spin, make it bounce sideways on the net or net post, then straight onto the edge on your opponent's side." Um, and then he said, your time might be better spent working on more plausible strokes, though. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. But I think where this um, myth comes about the ball, you know, being able to spin different ways, Alice, is just people seeing new serves for the first time that surprise them. I remember playing against someone who would do a side spin serve and the ball would sort of spin around to the side. But then they'd do another serve, which looked very similar to me, but they'd come up the back of the ball and it would sort of kick with a bit of topspin. But, I mean, it's consistent, but it was just different to the first serve, so it didn't bounce as I expected. And so then people start going, oh, it's bouncing everywhere, it's going different ways. So really it's just a matter of, you know, understanding the particular serve that the person did. And I guess... If you see one that you think spins both ways, if it's someone you know, try and get them to serve it to you over and over again so you can start to see exactly what's happening with that serve. And then that'll just help you learn and understand more about, you know, how the ball's uh, spinning. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's really true, Jeff. That that initial shock, I suppose, of of the ball not tracking the way that you that you expect it to, um, gives that illusion, doesn't it? Yeah, certainly does. Certainly does. All right, well, Alois, that's another great show. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure you go to pingskills.com, sign up for our free newsletter if you haven't. We um, give out great tips every week. And, yeah, you can catch this show either on Facebook, on our blog, or on iTunes as a podcast. So make sure you check out your favourite way of watching the show. And thank you again, everyone, for watching, and thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeffrey, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning, same time. Bye.